Yes, welcome one and all, all you lovely delicious people out there. It's Chappie the British Butler, another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Felicitations for Samdi, Saturday edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And this is our 10th edition, so celebrate the uh, Big Ten, the big broad bold 10 episodes of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a little bit of a sizzling hot day here in Colorado. Um, not as hot as last week. I've got rid of my moth problem. Now, they're not moths like flying out of my underwear or mothballs coming out of my well-pressed butler's jacket. No, no, no. Um, they've uh, decided to start camping out uh, around the framework of my uh, garage door. So, um, anyway, finally they're beginning to go or I don't know where these guys go. They were floating around a bush the other week. Not my bush, but a, a bush in the back garden. Uh, and getting rid of them has uh, been rather, rather difficult. But finally, they are retreating and uh, going back to some normalcy here. It was um, Friday. It was rather wet, rather dank, miserable, perfect for watching a little bit of football, soccer, English Premier League's back was watching uh, a rather delightful edition of Manchester United against Tottenham Hotspur, my team. Um, so that we came back, back, back this week. Uh, the golf's back, the cricket's back, there may be some baseball. Uh, sadly, uh, playing in the background, there will be no, alas, no Wimbledon this year. But we'll be uh, having a little bit of a memoriam uh, and uh, a, a slight tear shed for there being none of the... Uh, Wonderful whites on the perfectly manicured grass lawns of Wimbledon this year. Where are all the strawberries gone? How about the Pims? Maybe introducing to you lovely uh, listeners and viewers to some uh, Pims recipes coming up uh, over the course of the next uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, however long we ramble on for, because there's no time limit here. You know, I have no nothing pressing to do. Well, I have to actually press my... Uh, butler's trousers get a nice firm crease line there but um other than that i have a risotto ready to go later on so i won't have to worry about uh, cooking anything tonight um the wonders ladies and gentlemen of the instant pot risotto um i'll be uh waxing lyrical about that over the course uh, of the podcast today i think but some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today stay away britain's warned as mallorca invites germans to grab a sun lounger it's the uh i would say it's like almost like the third world war of the 80s the british against the germans trying to grab sun loungers in mallorca and ibiza and uh, the spanish mainland benidorm it was a it was almost an Olympic sport during the 1980s and 90s. Um, STDs, socially distant dates, we'll be discussing that. What's boredom really doing to our brains? James Bond with his child, who has a hissy fit in Morrison's. Um, and also with coronavirus almost gone or retreating, lovers back in the air, a champagne and lingerie sales soar. How much hot dog in the window? Well, during lockdown, it's up to about $10,000, apparently. Sharon Stone in the week was struck by lightning whilst ironing. Um, and how to make ice cream. Six easy and quick recipes. We'll be just delving into that a little bit. There'll be more tales of the French country, countryside, the Campania, from my uncle. He's uh, given me some recommendations and a rather nice little book that summarizes some French classics. 
Harrods is actually opening uh, again after the quarantine. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, where have all the Wimbledon strawberries gone? I mean, this is a big concern. Where are the pins gone? Where have all the strawberries gone? I mean, these are things that are very, very important for us to uh, consider. And um, he helped uh, Kim Jong-un's chimp quit smoking. Now he's coaxing the leader out of his cage. Um, drink tea, not booze, I think is going to be our mantra uh, moving forward. We're going to introduce mobile human grooming. Maybe some discussion of very British problems as well. Uh, coming up, live operas back in Berlin. Um, we'll be looking into that this week, delving deeply into that. The Chanel jacket uh, accessorized by the visor. When you arrive at the pool, please avoid the butterfly stroke. Um, a lot of chateau owners fear financial ruin. And three ways to uh, keep a healthy beard. Don't snort when you sniff. You're really making conversation. So that's going to be some of the uh, topics we may or may not be covering uh, during the uh, 10th edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. But as I mentioned uh, at the top of the show, um, the Spanish, especially uh, the Spanish island, the Balearic Islands, they're allowing people back. It's almost like a, a bubble-free sort of air bridge where people can actually go back to um, vacationing again. But apparently the Germans are getting one step ahead of the Brits because of the British quarantine rules. The Germans are allowed back, so they've got an early early dibs on the uh, sun loungers. But as I said, during the 1980s and uh, 1990s, probably the 70s as well, it was almost Olympic sport between the Germans and the British. Who can get up earlier? Who can reserve the sun lounger? Now, the important thing is you have to lay your towel over the sun lounger to get dibs on the sun lounger. So you saw, you know, almost like a German and British egg and spoon race going on. You saw um, many quick skip, hop and the jumps. You saw some skedaddling going on, trying to get to the sun lounger first. And this was, as I said, it was an Olympic sport during the 1980s and uh, 1990s where it was mano a mano, the Brits versus the Germans trying to get the sun lounger. So something that, you know, really is sort of been sticking at the back of my mind. I mean, all of us are going sort of back to work now, or some of us are going back to work in the offices again. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we're thinking about, you know, it's almost like scaling the summit of Everest. You'd have to set up a couple of base camps during the course of the day to finally get up to the floor you need to be on. But I was thinking about elevator etiquette in the week now what i believe some buildings are doing the building that i work in many others are actually i believe are doing the same thing they're putting a couple of uh, stick-on footprints in the corners of the elevator and what you need to do is place your feet i mean i, I don't know if they have different sizes i mean i've got a size 13 foot pretty hefty clodhopper of a foot I mean, I don't think the stickers will be big enough for me, but you have to place your feet in the stickers and face to the corner of the elevator. Two people at a time allowed into the elevator. And uh, basically, you ride up, 
you know, almost like Noah's Ark animals two by two in the elevator here facing the corner. It's almost like being back at boarding school, having a big old pointed dunce hat on and uh, and, and, and being in the corners there uh, of the classroom. But this time it's the corners of the elevator. The thing that I'm wondering, though, the question I'm asking today uh, when it comes to uh, elevator etiquette is who's going to press the bloody button? I mean, it's almost like a game of um, quarantine Russian elevator roulette here. You have to decide who's going to press the button. I mean, nobody wants to touch that button. I mean, buttons are the dirtiest of creatures at the best of times. But who's going to touch the button? Now, this is why I think we need to reintroduce, you know, it doesn't just have to be a pimp, but we need to reintroduce the silver-tipped or gold-tipped cane. Absolutely perfect, because the coronavirus doesn't stay on the gold tip or silver tip of the cane for very long. And you can, like, garishly rise up your cane and press the button, you know, 5th floor, 6th floor, 7th floor, whatever it is. And um, there you go. Up you go in the elevator, socially distanced in the corner with your dunce's hats on. And it saves actually touching the button of the elevator. So I think everybody really needs to reintroduce... You know, it's a very Victorian thing. We need we need, need to reintroduce the silver-tipped or gold-tipped cane for elevator riding. So, ladies and mantelpieces, we do have the wonders of the SDDs. Now, that's the socially distanced date. They're a follow-up to the lackluster video dates of early lockdown, not to be confused, obviously, with the STDs, uh, which the silver lining is actually impossible to catch while singletons enjoy enforced abstinence. Perhaps the Save the Summer Six could redirect efforts to save the summer sex instead. There's still no snogging allowed, unfortunately, but at least you can get the measure of your date, gauge physical attraction, and not have to worry about the low lighting in hiding that you get on the Zoom dates. Now, I think one should introduce a socially distanced picnic blanket. A six-foot picnic blanket where people can, you know, one one of the uh, members of the date could sit on one end. I mean, you could have like a blue and a pink corner, I suppose. thing is, I actually prefer pink to blue, so I'd probably want to sit on the pink side. But you could have a socially distanced six-foot blanket where could I sit on either side, not get any closer. It'd be absolutely fantastic for socially distanced dating, I would think. So in the week, there was a couple of plot lines of the new James Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die, that's coming out in November. Uh, so Bond fans were sort of red alert this week. The independent newspaper leaked a plot line for the much delayed 25th uh, James Bond movie. But what did we learn? It was in fact that James Bond in this movie apparently has a daughter. Now, this, this didn't go down very well in social media. Uh, trying to destroy the franchise in name of wokeness, somebody said. Stop messing with the format. Trying to change and change the franchise into kindergarten cop. And my favourite, James Bond is pregnant. Well, many fans felt that Bond being given a child would contail much of Bond's Bond-like activity, such as drinking heavily, being obsessed with cars, and banging multiple women. Um, but what suggests the commentator suggests? you know, the dinner party conversation is actually that James Bond is uh, is now going to be, you know, changing nappies. So it's almost like finding that Batman has a pet called Bat Dog or Han Solo is combing flea markets for mid-century 
Scandinavian ceramics. I mean, it's it's really um, it's really a little bit a uh, bit of a, a scary, slightly left of field plot line. I mean, as of anything, we'll we'll get used to the idea of Bond having a child. I think it's a rather rather interesting and uh, slightly uh, delicious plot line, really. But I mean, I just imagine in that infamous scene in Goldfinger, um, you know, where Bonds is tied to the to the metal table there, and the lasers going across him, getting nearer and nearer to the crown jewels, and you know, Goldfinger says, "Mr. Bond, I expect you to die," and then. Bond says, well, excuse me, old chap, whilst I go and change my daughter's nappy. So anyway, we would, uh, we'll have to see how Bond and his daughter does uh, in, the new, in the new movie. And if it's just going to be a, a single movie plot line or, uh, or continuous for the, rest of the uh, for rest of the franchise. So in the UK, um, couples can actually start spending uh, time together in a less socially distanced sort of situation. And apparently love is back in the air. Champagne and laundry sales are soaring in preparation of support bubbles, lacy underwear and satin nightdresses shot up the sales ranking by 92% uh, apparently uh, in the week. So I'm just wondering, I mean, it's talking about lingerie sales and, um, and uh, bubbly sales are going up. I mean, are we talking here, um, Moe Chandan, Bollinger? Are we talking um, Dom Perignon? Are we talking about Barefoot Contessa or Yellowtail? Or, um, I mean, I, I guess if you're doing the Barefoot Contessa wine or the Yellowtail or the, or the slightly uh, two-buck chuck type of deal, you're probably looking at a granny panty, uh, maybe a, a, a baggy tighty-whitey instead of... Uh, you know, Victoria's Secret or La Sanza or any of those type of things going on. You probably have your uh, budget underwear, your budget booze, or you have your slightly higher end scale underwear and uh, and, and obviously very high uh, scale booze to, uh, to, con- to contend with now that couples are back in the same bedroom again. So apparently in the week, the lovely Sharon Stone was struck by lightning whilst dining. So Sharon Stone's performance in the erotic thriller Basic Instinct set an electric charge through cinema audiences in 1992. Sharon Stone still has it, apparently. It was emerged that she suffered a shock when lightning struck as she was filming or filling an iron with water during the week. I was at home. We have our own well and we got hit by lightning and the lightning came up through the water. I think, you know, first of all, I mean, thinking about Sharon Stone ironing is really a conflict of interest, to be honest. Um, I see Sharon more of a sort of steamy steamer type than a water-filled iron. I mean, you get all the creases out with a steamy steamer, but uh, an iron, alas, uh, I well, I tend to put more creases on, even being a uh, fairly well versed in the starch and iron being a butler i'm uh, still pretty poor but much better with the steamer so next time sharon i stick to the steamer but you know what she might even get in a worse electric shock though with the steamer there's much more water gushing out with the steamer than with the iron definitely so with the weather getting sticky and hot almost everywhere i think you can't do any better than ice cream absolutely delicious i'm actually have to consider uh um a gelatless or gelato less July um, because I've been eating so much. I love gelato so much, but some of the um, 
some of the uh, recipe ice cream recipes that I saw that caught my eye during the week uh, was a vegan coconut ice cream with coconut milk and coconut cream, a dash of honey. There was a beetroot and ginger ice cream. That looks actually pretty good as well. Wonderful um, uh, ruby red color to that um, with beetroot, ginger, some lemon juice in there as well. Uh, absolutely delicious. But I think my favorite of all is where you just, you know, freeze a couple of bananas and just blend the bananas into instant banana ice cream. That is absolutely unbelievably delicious. So sticking to the subject of food, which is really uh, the British butler and keep common cauliflower cheese's favorite subject, the real lockdown mystery, where have all of Wimbledon's strawberries gone? The two million berries won't go to waste. They could be jammed tomorrow. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And when life gives you 1.9 million strawberries, make jam. That's what the Wimbledon bosses decide to do after the pandemic led to the championships. Fame for the mass consumption of strawberries being cancelled for the first time since the Second World War. The fruit has been served at Wimbledon since 1877, the first tournament. Last year, 500,000 fans polished off 191,000 portions and 1.9 actual million of berries. That's £2.50, so that's nearly $3, $3.50 a bowl. And that is topped with 7,000 uh, litres of cream as well. Absolutely fantastic. At this time of year, the torment supplier Hulo's Farms usually grows 38 tonnes of strawberries at its farm in Merrif, Kent in the UK, only for Wimbledon. Each berry of the Mauling Centenary variety must be sweet, juicy, and definitely not small. Adam Fagan of the farm said size is very, very important. Once ripe, the berries which are grown on the tables and the polytunnels and glass houses are picked and sent to SW19. This year, however, is not to be. The lockdown has led the Wimbledon organiser, the Wimbledon All England Tennis and Croquet Club, to cancel the tournament. So they're actually making all of the um, strawberries this year into preserves, into jam. Wonderful jam. Make sure you have a little bit of gelatin in there or you'll need to suck the jam for a straw, as my dear mother has found over the years. But one thing that I think that we have to start thinking about, okay, we haven't got any strawberries this year, but where has all the PIMS gone? Just think how much PIMS. Now, PIMS is a wonderful alcoholic cordial, um, slightly color sherry that uh, is drunk with ice over the course of the uh, Wimbledon Championships and it's absolutely delicious and you add fruit to it as well it's um, deceptively alcoholic so it can give you a rather nasty hangover and make it a little bit sloppy around the grounds of SW19 but where is all the pins gone as well I honestly think I mean I was thinking about this this morning I had my Panama hat on, shading my luscious locks and pale complexion from the uh, rigors of the Colorado sun. And I uh, had my Panama and I'm thinking, why not? I mean, you get the beer hats where you have two cans of beer on either side. Why don't we get a Panama hat with a couple of uh, jugs of Pims on either side with straws coming down, draping into the mouth so you can suck at it and enjoy the delectation of delicious Pims coursing through your mouth and into your veins absolutely fantastic so i think we need to create the panama hat that does have um straws 
dangling from there so we can enjoy our pims and our $3.50 punnets of strawberries over the course of the next uh, few weeks here. Believe it or not, people still cannot get their hair cut in the UK. Here in the US, we've been able to get our lock shorn over the last uh, probably month or so, month and a half in some places here. But one of the wonders uh, that, that, that uh, something I think we need to introduce, if there's a second lockdown or, you know, for, for the people who are a little bit more, con more concerned to get out there and go and get their hair cut, something that we need to consider is mobile human grooming. Now, um, yesterday, my dear dog, George, um, was groomed, bought a collie, pretty shaggy coat, a lot of knots in the hair. And uh, she was put into the back of the uh, back of the poochmobile, as it's called, and uh, shorn, showered, shampooed, blow dried. Now, I really do think we could uh, reintroduce. I think we're going to have chappies, human mobile grooming. Um, everybody dressed like butlers, probably the white gloves on as well. That would stop you getting any of the dirty, nasty coronavirus or any other things you can catch crabs. Who knows what else? And, um, you know, the person goes in, you could have maybe two at a time with six foot distance with a with maybe a glass or plastic partition. So you get the six foot apart, mobile human grooming. You could also get a mani-pedi, spray on tan as well, nice long hose to spray on the tan. You could uh, have a tick treatment or lice treatment, crab treatment, whatever. And, and, you know, the real joy for those dirty little rats out there who haven't had, uh, haven't been cleaned or showered properly or, you know, groomed their, or not groomed their beard over the course of the last eight weeks, you could get one of those huge elephant brushes to scrub off the dirty dogs and dirty humans. You know, it's, it's probably like six foot long. You soak that baby up and you could scrub down that beard, that hairy back, everything else as well. Absolutely fantastic. So Chappie's mobile uh, grooming, butler grooming coming to a street near you very very soon so one of my very favorite um there's two twitter sites i absolutely love watch wankers of the web which is coming up very very soon on your dear podcast but also very british problems now <laughs> the british are understated we don't mind uh, lining up and queuing uh, we're obsessed with the weather many many different things as well but there's a, a actually fabulous book that's come out and uh, also a, um, a, a Twitter site, uh, a Twitter handle, very British problems, um, and this this week's was very very interesting. This is so. Well, this is what Brits, Englishmen, Scots, Irish. Well, I think maybe the English probably more than the Scottish and Irish who who probably are a little bit more passionate about their complaints. The, so when another complete disaster occurs, this is our sort of top list here. So when a, when a complete disaster occurs, this is what the, the English or the Brits would say. Well, that's no good. Oh, dear. Not to worry. It's fine. Could have been worse. Yay. Oh, well. Great. How unfortunate. Marvellous. Hardly ideal. Balls. Slightly worrying. It's all gone pear-shaped. What a mess. Not the best outcome. Right. Typical. Bugger. Tea anybody? Tales from the French countryside, La Campagne. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. So my uncle was telling me about the perfect baguette last week. Um, the kneading of the dough, the warm versus the cold water. 
But this week, I think he's been reading a book, and he's very sort of into the uh, sort of the Cliff Notes versions of books, I think. And there's a new book out by, it's called Tristesse by Viv Groskop. Au revoir, Tristesse, in search of the lost last in classics. French classics aren't known for their optimism, but it's a lot of fun looking for it in literary hide-and-seek. So he was telling me about, you know, some of the French books and French literature to do what that he's read. Provincial life is deadly dull in Madame Bovary. The aristocracy is decadent in Les Lisans d'Angers. Humankind is fundamentally flawed in La Misanthrope. Uh, hypocrisy is rife in the Rouge et la Loire. Forgiveness is elusive in Les Miserables. Uh, vendettes are ruthless in Le Comet de Monte Cristo. And French drivers are murderers in Le Bet Human. So he was telling me about this rather wonderful book by Viv Groskop and is basically trying to find the positivity and uh, and humor in uh, in french literature what she sets out to do in the book my dear uncle mike tells me she su- succeeds in not only finding them a quirky assortment of guises but most importantly in making the process looking for them fun which makes the book feel feel like a bit of a game of hide and seek so prepare to run rampage through the grand mansions of french literature to rummage around the biographies skedaddle through plots overturning conventions and sending pomposity flying as you hunt down the secrets of human jollity so i mean i think one of the best pieces i sort of scanned the book uh during the uh during the week as i think my uncle hasn't got very much to do these days other than drink gin and tonic boatloads of wine and uh and probably need baguettes but he does read as well so um one of my favorites was uh from this sort of myriad of informative uh, snippets was Victor Hugo who was a foot fetishist who sat naked on a bar a scratchy woolen body stocking to curb his sexual urges to write the hunchback of Notre Dame and this is what you get it's a very light hearted slightly sassy book um, that really delves into the canons of French literature and uh, I really do appreciate my dear uncle giving me uh, the word on this uh, in this lovely new book i can see him sitting at the end of the garden probably a, sl- a striped british deck chair uh, reading the uh, canons of uh, french literature uh, as he probably sips a bottle of vin rouge So another scurvy edition of uh, Watch Wankers of the Web. So this week, and again explaining the premise, this is a, a Twitter site, at Watch Wankers, um, that basically takes pictures of wonderful Swiss timepieces on people's wrists. But along with the, the timepiece on one's wrist... There's other things in the picture as well that are sometimes gaudy, sometimes garish. So this week's, the caption is smoking a cigar while riding your bike. What could possibly go wrong? And it's a, it's a gentleman on a BMW motorcycle, very well polished, 
It's uh, coated and lined with gold and boshed with gold. He's clasping a Cohiba cigar and a box of cigars. I don't know how he's got big enough hands to clasp everything. He's got an open uh, driving glove on as well. Um, and he's clasping the cigar. The cigar's lit. And the replies, as always, are absolutely fantastic. He does have a Chanel ribbon around his wrist as well. Adam says, loving the Chanel ribbon taken off a bottle of perfume he bought for his mum, who he still lives at home with. This character was always going to have a gold watch. Just ask. I did the gold watch Rolex stage when I was 19, as I told my close mate Nipsey at the Beverly Hills Hotel when we dined together. It's iced up factory platinum or go home. Uh, Serial killer. Uh, First rule of motorcycling, wear proper kit not fashion jeans and driving gloves. Second rule, lose the watch. Chanel, what a badass, says Moriarty. Holding a lit cigar over your gas tank, that's a whole new level of twattery, says Robert Morris. And finally, can't afford a pair of non-ripped jeans, though. So we're all actually missing culture, the theatre, live concerts. But apparently live opera is back in Berlin, but it's only in the car park. It's socially distanced in the car park. There's a stage set up so the tenors and the sopranos and the altos can uh, you know, sing the opera from the stage there. But it is only in the car park. But it was making me th- think of different uh, puns related to opera, car parks and traffic. You've got La Trafficiata. You've got Madame Bollardry. The one-pound tickets gives you an hour of opera and discount fish fingers with a slushy thrown in. So it was making me think in the week, um, you know, we've had a pretty sizzling sort of summer, I think, uh, here where I live in, in, in Colorado, but also in the UK has had some nice weather as well. And across the whole of the US, I think France is getting some decent weather. So we're all quite lucky. But it's rather refreshing to have a... Uh, have a... Um, a uh, a rainstorm uh, on yesterday afternoon. I mean, the rainstorm does burst the bubble of the sort of tempestuous heat, but there's a rather lovely poem by one of a really great poet's name, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And the poem is called uh, Rain in the Summer. How beautiful is the rain after the dust and heat in the broad and fiery street in the narrow lane. How beautiful is the rain. How it clatters along the roofs like the tramps of hoofs. How it gushes and struggles out from the throat of the overflowing spout. Across the window pane it pours and pours and swift and wide. With a muddy tide like a river down the gutter roars. The rain and welcome rain. The sick man from his chamber looks at the twisted brooks. He can feel the cool breath of each little pool. His fevered brain grows calm again, and he breathes a blessing of the rain. From the neighbouring school come the boys with more their wanted noise and commotion and down the wet streets sail the mimic fleets till the treacherous pool engulfs them in a whirling and turbulent ocean. In the country on every side, where far and wide, like a leopard's tawny and spotted hide, stretches the plain, to the Greek, to the dry grass and drier grain, how welcome the rain. In the furrowed land, the toilsome, patient ox stand, lifting the yoke and cumbered head, 
withered, dilated nostrils spread. They silently inhale the clover-scented gale and the vapours that arise from the well-watered smoking soil. For this rest is a furrow after toil. Their large and lustrous eyes seem to thank the Lord more than the spoken word. Near at hand, from under the sheltering trees, the farmer sees his pastures and his fields of grain as they bend their tops to the numberless beating drops of the incessant rain. He courts it on as no sin that he sees therein, only the thrift and gain. These, far more these, the poet sees, he can behold Aquarius old, walking the fenceless fields of air, and from each ample fold of the clouds about him rolled scattering everywhere the showery rain as the farmer scatters his grain he can behold things manifold that have not been wholly told have not been wholly sung or said for his thought that never stops follows the water drops down to the graves of the dead down through the chasms and gulfs profound to the dreary fountain head of lakes and rivers underground. And he sees them when the rain is done on the bridge of colours seven, climbing up once more to heaven opposite the setting sun. Thus the seer with vision clear sees forms appear and disappear in the perpetual round of strange, mysterious change from birth to death, from death to birth, from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth, till glimpses more sublime of things unseen before unto his wandering eyes reveal the universe's immeasurable wheel turning forevermore in the rapid and rushing river of time. Well, thank you very much for joining the 10th edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. The British butler out. I have to go and press some handkerchiefs now. Maybe a little bit of light starch on the handkerchiefs here. And I think I'm going to slip on some shorts with some very long socks as well. Almost up to the knees, just to be respectful. Um, And this is the week uh, where uh, Gwyneth Paltrow reached the peak of risque scented candles so she's created some rather naughty looking candles after the gloop and the balls that just disappear into parts of the orifices she's now invented these risque scented candles so i was thinking maybe some of the names of these scented candles could be low de sweaty balls or the essence of a teenager's sock or maybe the fisherman's surprise and we didn't have a chance to delve into the new cheesy cauliflower capsule this week where we're actually going to create a time capsule. We're going to blast into space with obviously episodes of this podcast. We'll be much collating and researching worthy news events and quotes from 2020 to propel into outer dimensions. So we're going to start this that this week. Maybe we could have one of Trump's red extra long ties to put in there. Maybe a quote from us weekly. Maybe uh, something that uh, Harry and Meghan have uh, purchased in uh, Los Angeles. Who knows? Uh, But I'm very, very sad to say that we didn't reach one of my favorite articles of the week, the 85-year-old nudist who was told to wear a face mask in Czechoslovakia. Anyway, ladies and mantelpieces, Godspeed. Until next time, have a lovely week. Stay safe out there. Au revoir.